Welcome to the Culture Builders podcast channel, looking at how individual and team performance builds strong cultures. Hosted by Jane Sparrow and Chris Preston. You are listening to a burst episode. Hello, I'm Jane Sparrow, co-founder and author here at The Culture Builders, and I'm here today with my colleague, Chris Preston. Hello, everyone. Let me ask you, how many hours of the day are you on? Does your brain currently whir about work-related areas as soon as your eyes open, or maybe even before your eyes are open? And, And do you have space in your house, in your head, to unplug before and after the business day? It's a really, really big challenge for so many of the leaders and colleagues that we work with. Where are your stopping points in a day, a week, a month, a quarter? I wonder if you've taken your full holiday allocation this year. The challenge we face is that life has robbed us of our stopping points. And and life had done that before 2020. But but now we're seeing that theft is at a whole new level. It's like some kind of theft that we didn't see was coming. And and now it's here. And, And our worry is it's having a massive cost already, brewing even further costs later on in our lives. So today we're going to give you some best practice from companies out there that we're working with, stories of what other individuals are doing to make sure that they put in those pause points and some top tips that we hope will give you multiple benefits on multiple levels. And I say pause points because for me, stopping points is probably not that appropriate if you're a a high performer. High performers, it's more small pauses perhaps before they then sprint on again. And why are we talking about this? Well, apart from the fact we can feel it's going on around us, almost every CEO, senior leader and group we've been working with over the last couple of months has been talking about being exhausted and and how it's really hard, particularly at the moment, to keep spirits high, keep motivation high. And the worry is that's going to get worse, particularly in Northern Europe, the UK, over the next few months. And what I find remarkable is I've been lucky enough to be with some incredibly intelligent people over the last few weeks. And they're truly amazing leaders, you know, incredible brains doing what they do. But, but they're still struggling with the basic transition between work and those that they love. And, and the result is that we're there, but we're not really there with the people that we care about. We're, we're not present. So let's think about some of the, the things that we can do, but also remind us that there are, of course, plenty of stats out there that tell us just how bad this is. Yes, there are indeed. And it's a game of thirds. So a recent Gallup poll demonstrated that nearly two thirds of full-time workers had experienced burnout at some point. So that's quite a worrying stat. Then put it together with the fact that more than a third of workers have got more than 14 days holiday left to take this year. I just think about that. The average holiday entitlement is around about 28 days, half their holiday left. And I should imagine for many people, there's no hope of recouping that back. I'm not sure, Chris, whether there's even 14 weeks left until the end of the year at this point. But let's not think about that because that's quite scary. No, no <laughs> indeed not. So but that would, you'd have to take a day off a week to get through. And the last stat as well, and again, these are kind of from official sources, not just ones that we've, we've looked at. So this one's from Monster. 
more than two thirds of employees are experiencing, so right now, burnout symptoms while working from home. So the chances are, if there are three of you listening to this, then two of you right now are facing burnout. And that's that's quite scary. And there's a lot that we can blame, but also I think what's quite good for us is to think about there's a lot that we can do to make this happen. So as you say, Jane, one of your big things is you have to be intentional. Things don't fix themselves. You know, it's a fool's game ignoring the problem and hoping it goes away. As we know that you push a problem into the dark, it thrives and grows like rhubarb. So Jane, we've got some examples. Let's kind of dive into the positives here. We have indeed. And I think there's there's examples and being intentional, aren't there, at three levels. So there's the organisational level, which I'll give you a couple of examples of in a minute. And there's also the team level, because it's no good just working at an organisation level when you've, you're in a big company. It doesn't always work. So it's team and individual. So as you know, if you've li- listened to us before, it is those three levels to think about. But I mean, at an organisational level, we've seen lots of really good examples. So a couple of universities we work with have been really good at keeping to a pledge to one another of having an hour at lunchtime where they don't email and they don't have meetings and and understanding that there is a benefit to all of doing that so that that's one success that I would point to and and another one actually one of the big energy companies we work with who really focused on unplugging over the summer and really encourage people to move away from their desks regularly, take take breaks from the screen, but also stop emailing and stop meetings, certainly after 3 p.m. I think the, the big thing there was meetings. I think it's hard for email, particularly given that people are working different structures right now, but certainly not having meetings after 3 p.m. And even if you did that one day a week, that would make a massive difference. Absolutely. And What you're touching on is as as a simple structure that I use around this area, which is the idea of making it structured and unstructured. So as an example, when you've given us some already in terms of those diarising, and there's a famous phrase in the coding world, which is called Maker Wednesday, where you allocate a certain portion of the time where you're away from the screen, you're away from coding, you're doing something else that builds more capacity and interest. So kind of that recharge point. And if you schedule it, it's there every week no one else can steal the time and you do it so that's structured and there's lots of tips that we can do around using your diary to be your friend rather than your enemy you know if it pings it gets done but then also there's the idea about unstructured unplugging so those happy circumstances you know the serendipity that allows you to pause and one of my favorite stories was of the the founders of fat face when they built their first headquarters they did it near to the sea And the founder was renowned for looking out of the window. Spotting the sea was quite choppy and declaring, right, okay, everyone grab your wetsuits, we're going surfing. Now, that wasn't diarised and it caused disruption, but also it caused a huge amount of chill and happiness and high engagement. And you don't have to always wait for the ping to do something that's interesting and exciting. And it's it's that great phrase, isn't it, that that one of the most interesting things you hear in a laboratory isn't eureka it worked the most interesting thing you hear is oh that's interesting (laughs) (laughs) and that emergent point that we love I, I, that's a great way of thinking about it. And actually, just to pick up on your Maker Wednesday, that evolved, I believe, to lots of groups saying, well, actually, what we'll do is not have meetings on a Wednesday. And that will be when we just get our head down. And I know, again, a couple of you listening have tried that after we've talked about it with you in the past. And and the other thing to talking about the structured at an individual level that I know 
hundreds of people, if not thousands, but I've had literally hundreds contact me since they've, they've worked with us over the last few months. What, what they've been doing is trying the walking meetings idea as a way of unplugging, particularly unplugging from the screen. And, and that being that, that if you can in person meet, fantastic. I know we've certainly had some of our clients who have been very happy to jump in the car, come nearby, and we've, we've met and we've trudged across fields and, and talked and walked. But even if you can't do that in person, then doing it on the phone and both putting in your earphones, popping your trainers or your wellies and your coat on, as my mother-in-law says, you know, you're waterproof lass. So even over the winter, we can continue doing that and and really get out there and walk and talk because it gets you away from the screen. And actually, the quality of conversation is far better very often because you've got movement going on. It is. And it's it's giving yourself a chance for success. And I have this lovely notion that quite often we do things for our future selves and we do them in the best place possible. So I've probably talked about this before with people that I don't like running, but I do like running when I'm not doing it. So at seven o'clock at night, when I'm all keyed up about the next day, what I do is I put out my gym kit for Chris at 7am to see when he gets up. So that's the first thing that hits me. It's that structure that says, I'm giving myself the positive nudge. And if you look into some of the, the work and research around dementia, to draw on some of the science that one of the things that dementia patients suffer with is is incontinence and some of the times it's just they forget so when you're arranging hospital wards and care homes one of the things you make sure you can do is from the bed make sure you can see the toilet when you wake up now that's an extreme case but similarly for us what are the things that we do that mean that when we open our eyes when we stand up when we open the fridge which is a big one that we give ourselves that little positive nudge around it and again also like i say use the technology against itself every day at six o'clock put in a repeating reminder on your phone that pings and says turn me off you know it doesn't do any harm does it to just to prompt yourself you're right and actually your your point around the the little nudges I've been taking vitamin D a lot more. And by the way, that's not medical advice from me. It's just something that I do. But I put it next to the tea caddy because then that way I take it. And what I noticed was when I moved it into the medicine cupboard, I stopped taking it. And it was just a very simple thing. And yeah, I feel passionate about doing it. So there is definitely that that nudging theory to use here to help you unplug, to help you pause. We are creatures of habit and it can work for us or for against us. And if you don't believe that, if you think you're very unstructured and, and, and kind of out there, Go into your kitchen and swap around the contents of two cupboards. And I will guarantee for months, not days, not hours, for months, you will be opening the wrong cupboard to find a cup or a saucer because we hardwire process and structure into our brains. So it takes time to stop it, but it takes time to put it in as well. So can I bear that in mind and keep doing the unplugging and it becomes a habit. I love that. And, and so I can imagine lots of people now across the world rearranging their cupboards. <laughs> Kitchen chaos. Yeah, but it would be very a great feeling of satisfaction. Just one comment from you, Chris, on what about unstructured? You talked about structured and unstructured. And you talked yeah, about it's... surfing, which I love the idea of. But <laughs> what else? Yeah, I, it, this is a difficult one because as soon as I give you advice and you follow it, it's structured. So by its very nature, it doesn't exist. So, But let's give you an example here. So I'm busy and I'm, I'm churning through a document and I'm losing the will to live and words are blurring. So I just stand up, I pick up my phone, I walk away and I call a friend and say hello. Now that's really unstructured and it may seem simple, but it gives me a completely different energy 
I'm doing something good. It wasn't my diary saying to do it. So that's a great example of, you know, there's this kind of, if the mood takes you, put it in there. Um, and kind of, I, you know, I've got a dog. And one of the things I'm really mindful of, if the dog comes over to say hello, I stop and I say hello back. Because, yes, it's being needy and spoiled, but equally it's, it's drawing me away for a moment where I'm getting some, some sort of some human-ish contact it makes me smile, it makes her smile, and then I'm back at it. So you know, there's little accidental moments where life just pauses you and says, hang on a minute. Now, I know, <laughs> Jane, you had possibly the biggest unstructured um, unplugging last year, didn't you? I did, you're right, when I broke my leg. Yes, it's yes, a bit extreme. I've forgotten about, actually. But yes, that was a complete adjustment of uh, of life and and so yes yeah, sometimes i think well actually it's a, it's a reminder isn't it that sometimes if you don't unplug life has a habit of making you do it which is what one of our clients said to me is did it really take this to slow you down although i'm not sure it did slow me down in the end apart from physically but but there is something there that is worth thinking about you know is the way you're living right now sustainable because if you put yourself 2 years into the future and imagine what your life is going to be like, your physicality and your, your mental and emotional health. If you continue without pausing, it could be a pretty sobering thought. Absolutely. And there is that thing, you, as we all know, if you drive a car, you don't put your foot full in the accelerator and let it go into the red line all the time. Because what will happen is the car will quite bluntly tell you that's a problem when something goes bang in the engine. You have to have that monitoring and that, that measure around it. You're right. And of course, this is a whole area that we could talk for, for forever. And, and I'm sure we'll come back to it another day. But just as a, a way of closing off, I think, you know, the point I made earlier, this isn't about intelligence. We work with highly intelligent people that are struggling hugely to put in those pause points and unplug in their brain as well, well as physically. And so, you know, lots of people have said to us, you know, can you help us? And I say to them, you know, I'm not your fairy godmother. I kind of think I should turn up now in a fairy godmother outfit. But, you know, I haven't got the magic wand. What you need to do is is really kind of look at life and 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 let's together look at one or two small habits that you could create that if you get it right would have a real domino effect and and start you on the journey and and as I say if if you don't then then ask yourself what's your life going to be like in a couple of years time because what you don't want is somebody else or something else to decide how to get you to unplug then you're out of control yes and just one final point as well that if you're not taking pauses, if you're not re-energising every so often, even if it's just a, a five-minute stretch and, and, and a walk around the room, you are less productive overall. So actually, telling yourself you're too busy to do it is not true. What you should be telling yourself is, I am so busy, I need to do it. And I think that shifts the emphasis quite nicely. It does. So why don't you go and plan to do something right now? Go and unplug. Make an unplugging plan for later and then maybe do Chris's unstructured thing too, although maybe not <laughs> yes. the dog smiling. Yeah, or Thanks breaking your leg. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Continue the journey at www.theculturebuilders.com.